What's up, citizens, voters, patriots? It's your girl, Kina Zantel. And on this week's episode of Citizen the Pod, I'm joined by my homegirl, political operative, and trainer, Brittany Baxter. We get into the nitty gritty of Black History Month and, of course, the infamous Michael Cohen testimony. So sit back, relax, and stay tuned for Citizen the Pod. Welcome to Citizen the Pod. It's your girl, Kina Zantel. I wanted to talk to you guys about a few things that I felt were important, and I just could not wait to get on camera and talk about it. So today's guest is my partner in crime, the trainer extraordinaire, always getting it done for the woke people and the culture. Let's give a hand clap for my homegirl. Miss Brittany Baxter, what's up, homie? Hey, girl, what's up? Don't act shy. She been she first of all, she's been on the show before, so y'all heard her rant. So this ain't the first time she didn't kept it all the way real with y'all. Um, so let's just kind of jump all the way in. But first, let's tell the people what you got going on. What's going on with you? So I'm doing a number of things. I'm doing a consulting gig now, helping to build out leadership development program in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. I'm still doing trainings for the National Democratic Training Committee. Um, and I've recently got them to commit to actually doing a training here and investing in Rust Belt cities in Western New York, which is super dope. And I'm excited about that. And I'm still working on this cultural competency and curriculums campaign because I'm really tired of pale stale men (laughs) deciding how to implement strategy and spend money in marginalized communities and i ain't got time for that so i'm gonna just tell folks how they need to invest money in strategies and do things so that's that's what i'm doing now so let's get into a little bit of black history month it was nuts it was crazy um i mentioned this before but people want to throw it out But um, I feel like, listen, if we keep it black 365, we don't have these issues. So let's jump into it. So we had the hot mess of Virginia start us off. Um, It was blackface. It was Gucci sweatshirts. It was Burberry nooses. We had um, Floyd Mayweather and T.I. going back and forth on Instagram. Um, We Of course, we had Jesse Smollett. And then we kind of capped it off with... You know, Michael Cohen's testimony on Thursday kind of solidifying the fact that we already knew that our president was racist. And then they put a black woman on Front Street to try to prove a point that he had a black friend. And then she was happy to do it. Right. And then try to justify, like, because we got a black friend and that means you're not racist. So let's get into Virginia. Um, And the sad thing about it is we could have had, you know, Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax jump into the game and take his rightful place as the Virginia governor. But he's problematic. So what's up? Rapey is what she means. (laughs) She means that he's rapey. Um, So Virginia is just really depressing in a number, just in so many ways, because one we have to have these real hard conversations within the Democratic Party that, like, most of our Democratic friends are racist mm. and trash, and they think that they're doing us a favor by being slightly less progressive than their cousins that they have Thanksgiving dinner with. And, um, you know, for Northam to literally be in, in blackface in a right. picture right. next to a Klansman and think that it's appropriate when, when we look at his 
when we look at his legislative policies now and they're still negatively impacting black folks, he's telling us and showing us who he is because like he just does not care. And he knows that like all he has to do is do a little dance and do a fake apology mm-hmm. and then rescind that apology and he's gonna go and he's gonna go and still get a significant number of black folks in Virginia supporting him. Mm. And that's what boggles my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think Virginians have probably just accepted um, that government is a, you know, a system that really can't be changed. And I think that that's really, especially in the South, they've just been through so much and they have been making small strides. But it's like I would I don't want to call it complacency because I just really think sincerely they feel like, you know, Let's let's try to get some wins in when we can, but it's just really difficult to to expect people in power to really be about like change and be about something different than what we've already expected them to be. I mean, it's it's the South and I think they've accepted I, that living arrangement. I completely disagree. I would not relegate that sentiment to the South because mm-hmm. you see that in New York City. Right. You see that up here in Buffalo. Right, like I've seen that across the country, right? But I also have seen folks in the South really ha- like be re-energized by the nonsense of 2016 mm-hmm. and be like, actually, what we're not going to do is go backwards, right? So there are a lot of folks, I think, so Northern Virginia is just very different politically than the mm-hmm. rest of the state. Right. And so that's where a lot of the tension is coming from, the accountability. They're like, we're not just going to allow you to continue to govern us and be racist and be trash. You need to, like, there needs to be some changes made, right? Yeah. Like, we're not pressed for you. But the one thing that I think a lot of people are overlooking is that, like, because of our refusal to deal with racist white folks in the Democratic Party, mm. the GOP literally lined this up. Right. And this was this was a political hit, right? Mm. Like, okay. the thing is, most, most folks who are, anyone who is over the age of 10 has things in their past that likely could be problematic. Yeah. And could be a crisis. Like, this is unacceptable. Right. Um... But because we don't hold our allies and our mm-hmm. party, fellow party members right. accountable, this opened up opportunity after opportunity for the GOP to be like, okay, I'm going to poke this hole in your argument. Right. Like Even when we talk about right. the new Green Deal and Mitch mm-hmm. McConnell bringing that to a vote mm-hmm. so, that, so that centrist Democrats could get called out for not supporting it, right? Like that's going to cost us seats. Mm-hmm. And we have to have a real conversation about who we are as a party mm-hmm. because we are big tent and the Republicans can just hold to like fiscal conservatism and just racism as who they are right, because right. they're a homogenous party for the most mm-hmm. part. Right. Yeah. But we have such a broad, diverse group of people who f- have found a home in the democratic party that we have to really figure out like mm-hmm. who we are, what we stand for and what our non-negotiables are. Right. And that's really hard to do. And no, and I don't think that we're really at a point where, that is being aggressively done in mm-hmm. the face of the 2020 elections. I think it's going to impact us severely. Well, I think centrist Democrats and all Democrats, period, should just not get comfortable in feeling like you are supposed to be a multiple multiple term representative for whatever yeah. district you yeah. got voted into office to represent. Yeah. Like those days for Democrats should be over. Yeah. Um, They've been you over. know, I mean, you you should really be thinking that I'm here to get some work done on behalf of these constituents. I'm in it because I want to be a public servant. And if I have to take a loss because I take a vote on something that I think is important to me, then it is, um, 
I think it's just time for you to be okay with taking that loss. So, you know, being a centrist, being a leftist, you know, all of those labels, being a socialist, none of that should matter because if you can't come home to your district and be able to defend the votes you take based on your conviction and the things that make you tick, then you shouldn't be in office anymore anyway. And you should just take that loss willingly. So, yeah, we're going to move on a little bit. So we talked a little bit about blackface um, and problematic white folks at the top of (laughs) sitting in folks' governor's mansions. But let's talk about the misses. It was recently reported that Mrs. Northam decided to hand some school students cotton um, while visiting the governor's mansion in Virginia. And um, she didn't know whose kids she was handing that cotton to because they went home and told their parents. And uh, that person made sure to get the information out to the public. So as a parent um, and a, <laughs> of, a, of a young black boy who is coming up, I mean, what, ha- what could possibly, what would be your reaction to hear of someone deciding that it was important to pass your child cotton? Kina, so I think you already know the answer to that. Um, But let me, just to give some context, to give some context, right? Like, these were pages that were selected Mm -hmm. to serve in the governor's mansion. And she intentionally singled out the African-American pages, Mm. one of whom's mother actually works in the Office of Equity. So, uh, is the director in the office, in, like, the Office of Equity. So, she was the one who wrote a, a serious letter calling out the first lady about just being a trash ass white woman mm-hmm. who has upheld the um, ridiculously disturbing values of, of white woman victimhood and really subtle forms of violence against black people and specifically black women and children that women that white women have always um, practiced since the days of slavery. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we always give them these, uh, Oh, you know, they were they were victims too. their husbands were abusive. No, no, no. White women took pleasure in selling the children of the women that their husbands raped and impregnated. They took pleasure in destroying these families. They took pleasure in the power that they had over them because they were frustrated. They were second class compared to the white men that they chose that they were related to and were married to. Mm -hmm. And so I don't give them a pass. Mm -hmm. I don't give her a pass. Mm -hmm. We need to help her and her little raggedy ass husband out of that governor's mansion. Mm -hmm. And I know that Fairfax has his issues but we need to figure out who's going to be the governor of Virginia because that that sends a very clear message that she wanted to make sure that y'all knew that they know what they're doing. They know that they're racist. They're fine with it. And they're not only going to pass legislation, but Mm. when your children are in the governor's mansion doing a job and trying to better themselves, they're going to make sure that they let them know what their place is in society. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay with me. Yeah. And so as a parent, right. What I personally would have done Mm. would have gotten me arrested (laughs) in most states in this country. Right. Exactly. But Um, yeah, it's just so, so if the if the situation was was reversed, right, and we had a black um, Mrs. Governor of Virginia, and she handed cotton to um, white students coming through the Capitol, mm-hmm. and she said, "Well, I wanted them to, you know, get an idea of the history of Virginia and how." you know, how it would feel to be enslaved. Do we think that white folks would have had the same reaction? Like, would there have been an uproar or would it have been, you know, a cute little teachable moment? 
I think so. The thing is, like, I think in the reverse, because it's all about context and history, right? Right. Right. Like, white children don't have the trauma passed down. Exactly. That, exactly. So That's why I think that having she that exercise would have been exactly. fine. Like, having that exercise would have been different with white children. Mm-hmm. And if it were done across the board with some acknowledgement mm-hmm. of the trauma that specific children have, in, have inherited, right? At the hands of the ancestors of the other children, right? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Right. Um, but when we typically hear about teachers doing these things, like making children lay down and having white kids stand on their backs in New York City and other places, right? Like yeah. it is intentionally done, typically by white women, to incur some kind of trauma to black children, right? Right. This is an instilling of a second class status, a non human status in this society for black children. So they grow up knowing. That they are lesser than. And that's what my problem is, yeah. right? Like, right. that's, and like, girl, for you to try this on the last day of an already stressful Black History Month, man. And man. I just feel like it just man. didn't, it didn't get enough, it didn't get enough coverage, but it's just, it, like I said, it, like, this, this whole month had so much. Yeah going on it was really hard to keep up with all the nonsense and like yeah. i said virginia was just like a a forever turning wheel mm. of just nuts ridiculousness i mean like we said attorney general mark herring decided to get in front of his blackface issues admit to it and apologize and really you know and with a thoughtful apology too mm-hmm. um that made people feel a little bit at ease but the democratic party as a whole in virginia really knew that there were a ton of things at stake had we ha- had a governor you know resign a lieutenant governor governor resign and mm-hmm. an attorney general resign leaving power in virginia to republican control again which they've actually fought so hard over the last few election cycles to reverse. It was just problematic for black people from the beginning of this conversation. Like it was just, and then we had presidential candidates discussing, well, who should step down when they should step down deciding, should they interject in the conversation? I wish all of them would have just took step backs and just found a way to pivot from the conversation because once we jumped on Northam, we had no clue about Fairfax's issues. Then again, we had Herring jump into his issue. Really, we could have took 20 steps back in Virginia. So yeah, I don't know what to think about any of this. It's a lot. And I mean, I just want to bring it back to the, the reality that like this was all initiated by a political hit. From the Republicans, right? Like, they knew that this was in Northam's past. Mm-hmm. And they chose this year, an election year, where they only need two or three seats to flip the House and have Democratic control, right? Mm-hmm. So this was, okay, quite, yeah, quite frankly, brilliant strategy. Right. That also, that like, is something that we have allowed to happen. We've mm-hmm. allowed the space for because, again, we don't, in the Democratic Party, hold ourselves, hold our white counterparts accountable right. for the racism within the Democratic Party. Exactly. It's just always a conversation of... Well, right. We're not Klansmen, but in this case, bruh. They were. <laughs> like they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot. We know it's a lot. We could talk about this for another twenty hours, but I'm gonna just keep going a little bit on just some other things happening in Black History Month. Um, I mentioned before we had the Gucci sweater issue, we had the Burberry noose hoodie, you know, we had Katy Perry deciding to 
you know, oh, take some this. shoes off of her website that were a little oh. problematic as well because they basically look just like the Black. Burberry. Oh, hoodie. with the like, blue, with the with the, with the yes, red lips, with the red lips, and oh, they were ugly shoes. She doesn't have any black friends. They were ugly shoes. Uh, yeah. And did you ever did you ever see that Katy Perry video of her? Did I think she's in she's a like song? Egyptian. No, the not really, even that. Oh, that it's another disturbing. one where like she has a song with a rap group and she's like dancing, but she looks so out of place. Anyway, uh. just YouTube Katy Perry in this ridiculous um, show she did. It's just like her the pandering mm-hmm. in entertainment to try to you know benefit from the culture. Like well, it just whole, happens all the, the time. The whole like dabbling in hip hop and getting that edge is a part of coming of age, right? Like yes, we've seen Miley Cyrus do it. We've yes. seen like we we've heard Pink talk about how she was forced to take off that persona and be more hip hop and edgy. Yeah, she came really out. She, she was, was like R and B. She was like Stone yeah. Cold R and B, like yeah. short haircut with the all the backup dancers yes. in her video were black. Yes, for real. Like yeah. like she was walking down a Brooklyn City street in mm-hmm. that song. Here here you go. Looking. You know yes, what I'm talking about. Yes. That song was the tough, original. But she, when really her true self is just this really good singer, but like rock pop, like mm-hmm. her, her, her. You can tell her music now because she has yeah. control over it. Yeah, it's who she, who she is as a real person. Yeah, um, and the industry will do whatever it takes to try to make some coins and off of black people and who culture. we are to try to come up. So yep. you know, and then we had our boy Jesse. The, the, listen, Chicago's still as corrupt as it gets. I'm I think still, you and I are on different. We I are. Am still, we, we I are. am still waiting because in the meantime, Chicago PD has killed another black child and no one is talking and, about that. Right. Let's be very clear that they lied on Laquan McDonald. They tried. The deputy chief tried to cover it up. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that like. Jussie might not be lying is not far fetched for me. So I'm just like, I'm still waiting because the FBI is saying there isn't enough evidence to accuse him of lying. Mm. And Chicago PD is trying to shift the blame because let's be clear Chicago PD solves 12% of the <laughs> homicides in Chicago every year. So they this figured in what, anything week? out. They solved this in quick. a week. Since, since Winslow was on the force and Family Matters. <laughs> like, I saw me and it was like the last time they solved the crime that exactly. quick is when Winslow was on the force. And I'm just like, yeah, facts. So I'm waiting. Not I'm bu- waiting to see what it. happens. Not buying it. Not buying it at all. All right. Well, we ended this month with the Michael Cohen testimony on Thursday, oh, which I thought thanks was. Thanks for the gifts. Exceptional. <laughs> it was exceptional. I mean,. There were quite a few things. I mean, like, my notes are ridiculous. I mean, mm-hmm. our girl AOC put the put the smack down. She got to it. It's, it's tax fraud. It's tax yes. fraud. And it's tax fraud. Um, he made it clear that the Southern District of New York will be coming for Trump. Trump Jr., mm-hmm. Alan Weiselberg, the whole, the whole top three. All right? Well. Should just be ex- expecting their indictment. Who else we had on here? Um, Ro Khan, Democrat from California. He did an exceptional job. You know, yes. it takes it. You know, it takes the people with a little flair on the committee mm-hmm. to get the job done. Rashida Tlaib had to go ahead and call your boy out mm-hmm. for trying to pimp the black, the only black friend President Trump has, forty five has, um, to make a point that he's not a racist. So. Let's talk about how they we they keep just trying to find a black friend. Like we still live in the days where 
you have one black friend and you're not a racist. Like, let's be Girl, just real. Let me know when I can go. Listen, what, what's 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 the name? Sal, what was Sally Hennings? I mean, why? Mm-hmm. I mean, Washington had uh, he had his slave pregnant and he still had slaves. Like he had a side. He woman. kept those children enslaved and exactly. made money off of them. And then, like, uh, so we've seen it. We've seen it happen over. Strom Thurmond and go his ahead. whole black family. Okay, so let me just say this, right? <laughs> I am. I am so tired of white people picking mediocre black folks to be their token and putting them in positions of power that they're wholly unqualified for. She's not even in and a position then, of power either. She's a staffer. No, she's a, she was like over, she works in HUD, but like she was an event planner. She did an event for his son and then they gave her a job in HUD under another incompetent black person who is a skillful surgeon, but has no business Running hot, he know how to spend our money because as much money as they claimed he spent for some furniture for an office. Anyway, that was his wife, but still trash. I mean, she still can't sing. Ridiculous. Um, I mean, for so for me, right? It's just I'm incredibly frustrated because people who work their entire lives to be qualified to do Mm -hmm. their jobs well Mm -hmm. and to balance um, assimilating into whiteness in order to advance into certain spaces Mm -hmm. and represent black people. Constantly see mediocre black folks who play, who like to play, advance ahead of them, and then also just and just like right. carry out the goals of white supremacy, and that's exactly what this woman did, right? Like she stood there like the little pawn she was, mm-hmm. and I recognize that a lot of folks don't want to give, don't want to give her any hate. But first of all, girl, you can go to hell because the the fact that you were totally fine with standing there right not even being allowed to speak you mm-hmm. are literally the embodiment of a pawn like mm-hmm. and it was disturbing for me that a a a a brown palestinian woman who represents a significantly black population in a black ass city called it out and it was made to apologize by Cummings. Yes. And like, first of all, sir, yes. I get that you have lived long enough to move past all the trifling things white people have done to you, but we're not that old yet. We still pissed and we still want the smoke. Yeah. So like, yeah, that was, that's, that was problematic for me. Yeah. Like that whole, he's my friend. Yes. So, I'm, so, so I no. do want, I want my listeners to understand that in the way Congress is set up, if you call, you can't, you can't call another sitting congressman racist. Like, you will be censured. So they purposely have created a way to keep us from speak, bringing truth to power. Like, let's just yep. be real about that. Like, like she said during that hearing, make, you know, bringing her out here, parading her in front of me as another woman of color to try to tell me because she exists that racism mm-hmm. doesn't exist makes this whole situation racist too. And she was smart enough to say that someone who does this is racist or this is a racist act instead of calling that representative racist. So when she Mm -hmm. was asked, were you calling him racist? She said, no, you can roll the tape back and you will hear that. I said, someone who does this exact same thing is racist. She knew what to say to call it out. And I mean, like he put the shoes on because the next day they said he was the next day they found the tape of him basically saying during the 2012, the 2012 election that we need to send president Barack Obama back to Kenya. That's how he was elected by spewing that white supremacist birther bullshit. Right. And right in front of a tea party truck, 
at a tea party rally, it was made clear that this man is who we thought he would be. So, and and if he was only owning that because he knew that that would resonate with the constituents in his community, mm-hmm. that makes him just as trash. Like using racism to right. advance yourself makes you racist mm-hmm. and trash. Right. Right. So there's no, and you know, Elijah Cummings is in a. Well, one, let's be real. He has been in Congress at this point probably too long, but we love him. Um, and he probably that does DC a bubble. good. He, but he's been, like you said, he's been in that D.C. bubble. He has gotten to he has gotten to know congressmen, racist or not. And they probably do have a good relationship with him. I mean, white men like hanging out with black men that they feel are on his level. Yeah. To some extent. And he has power, so you have to get along with him. Exactly. Um, and he's he's a chairman now. Uh, yeah. So, therefore, mm-hmm. you've you got to be cordial with him. And, yeah. you know, he even went as far as saying they were, like, besties. Like, they, like, hang out all the time. Yes. Um, and he also brought out that he had black nieces and nephews. I mean, like I said, I mean... We, uh, so many white Washington women with black had white slave babies, was what, but was what, black slave babies, but we knew that he was willing to keep them enslaved in order to keep this system going. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, it's just we're 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 back here and at the having these same conversations nooses blackface slavery is still here i had somebody on my the search 2020 instagram page get on my page and basically say that racism doesn't exist anymore and i would not entertain the conversation because i basically said to him when you choose to ignore the voices of black and brown people when we say that these things are still occurring there is not nothing i can say to you to change your mind. That's when you tag black Twitter and let them have their way with him. Right, just- I wish I, it wasn't Twitter. It was Instagram. Like, where is black Instagram? Like, I need. Oh, it I exists, need girl. It's well, just harder to find. Well, we need to. I mean, hashtag black IG. I don't know. What do you, how did this? How does this black Twitter work? Do I at black Twitter? <laughs> like, Because uh, I mean, how? I need to know. You just got to follow the folks. Carry the movement. I mean, but I need to know what the hashtag is so they come like at attention because we we did that for Jordan Woods. Yeah, we, we did that for Jordan yeah. Woods on Friday. You once, just have to know who to mobilize and what to mobilize. Chloe put out that tweet that Jordan Woods broke up her family because she got that trash baby daddy oh, BD. Black, tw- we went ham like, oh no, see, see Chloe, yeah. you didn't just, I don't know what cool. That's when they started pulling today. the receipts of pictures of her with black women in leashes for Halloween, dressed like a pimp. Yes. Whoever, yeah. yeah. Listen, that's the least of our issues mm. with you know. I, I listen. I used People to rock with the Kardashians, black but Chloe pissed me off. She did. She pissed me off with that. I'm sorry. I'm I'm really upset. But we need to reserve an entire show to the Kardashians and their problems with blackness. That's later. We need to stay on Cohen because, listen, it got, it got real popping, okay? Let's talk about receipts because, you know, Ooh, we you know, love man. receipts. So receipts number one to 45's corruption. So uh, during Elijah Cummings' interview, he was basically able to prove that and Cohen was able to corroborate that our 45... And his folks signed a check paying him while sitting in office for paying off Stormy Daniels. So in-kind contributions for any presidential election, the max is $5,400. This man spent $130,000. So we got... How many violations is that? That's, I don't know. That's like 
That's mm. we got campaign finance violation number one, which he's already, you know, pleaded guilty to. Then we have the fact that he was told by Weisselberg that they were going to pay him over the course of 12 months and that he was supposed to send an invoice to the Trump organization every month to get paid. So now we got tax fraud, right? We got tax fraud on a federal level. We've got tax fraud at the state level and a sitting president. New York president, does not play. No, and mm-hmm. he can't pardon a state a, a, a state case. So SDNY is just kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs. I mean, like, they can't wait. They can't wait until this man is out. Um, so we got that, that, that whole thing rolling. Then we got the fact that Roger Stone called Trump hmm. while Cohen was there to let him know that WikiLeaks was going to dump these emails. So the man straight lied to us, which we already know um, that he didn't. That's why he was able to go in front of that crowd at a rally and say, you know, there are some things, there are some things that are going to happen over the next few, few days. So just, just keep your eye out because we know he was referring to this dump from WikiLeaks. We knew it was coming. Um, and then, like he said at that one rally, oh, you know, Russia, please go ahead. Find some more emails for me. I mean, we, we haven't been able to show that there is a direct link between Russia and WikiLeaks, but there's definitely a link between WikiLeaks, Roger Stone and Donald Trump. Yes. That's and cool. I, as someone who had to deal with Roger Stone's Proud Boys in South Florida, mm. look forward to him spending some time in jail because, because he is literally a gutter rat. What is what, what was the Proud Boys? What's that? Also, oh, the Proud Boys are LGBTQ white supremacists who literally just go around and harass black and brown people. Hmm. Um, so they were what? Harassing oh, they show, um, Gillum so we campaign? Had a, so we had... So I worked on the coordinated campaign in Florida to elect Andrew Gillum in the winning ticket. And um, the, I remember the Holder rally, right? Mm-hmm. I physically had to restrain six foot tall, older black men from trying to pummel this guy, Jacob Engels, who just like came into a historically black community, Sistra, in Broward County, and started yelling at folks, telling them they were uneducated, and wow. all types of really like racial problematic things and then crying homophobia when people were like look you don't really want this and this is not the neighborhood you want to be in talking to us like this like and it was really it was dist- it was disturbing because like he literally he pays them to show up at events and harass people and get it on film so they can put it on conservative blogs and like create video so like wow that was that was fun wow that was fun okay so yeah, um bye bye Roger Stone. Uh we know you're you're we know you're going up Shit's Creek. AOC, let's talk about her awesome um line of questioning. Phenomenal. Um she basically I mean, and I'll say that I was a little unimpressed by some Democrats uh on the committee because their questions they weren't they, they weren't pre- they weren't prepared. So how is it that you get the first time to be on tape? With Michael Cohen of all Trump cronies, and you don't have a line of questioning that gets to the nitty gritty of something. Like, I just don't. And how didn't y'all understand. collaborate and pick different pieces? 
Right. Whatever. Exactly. That I'm thinking where where was the staff powwow the, the night before and they say they well were this too is busy all raising this, money, girl. Right. Like this is all the stuff we know is going on in the public space. All mm. of us should be touching on one of these. You take this, you take that, you take this. But because they didn't, at least ALC came to work. So let me tell you about our homegirl, okay? From the Bronx. She came with it, okay? First, she taught she got right into the fact that did Trump inflate and deflate his real estate assets in order to get out of paying tax money significantly significantly i mean to the tune of hundreds of millions hundreds of of millions i mean he would say you know he would report to the state that a property was only worth five million but then two three years later when he's filing to run for president in some paperwork he said it was worth 50 million now we know by Mm -hmm. this time he's trying to tell and prove to everybody how rich he is Mm-hmm. But you were you're, the fact that you're able to inflate and deflate your assets like is a yeah. crime. And again, that's tax fraud. Yep. Um, then he she also got into the fact that Trump links, which is, I guess, is in in the Bronx. Um, oh, the golf course, the golf course that taxpayers paid for. Yeah, that, what? What? Like we paid for it was a crazy John Lou at the time, who I think is a sitting congressman, but at the time was an age. He was either I don't believe he was the AG, but he held a position w- with um, the, the city council, I believe, in New York City. Mm-hmm. And he said it was an unfair deal. Like this is this is BS. What What are we doing? The man. Pretty much is just now getting to the point where he has to like pay out to New York State. Like, how? How? For a how? Massive golf course. How? I don't. No taxes being paid on none. this. And if you don't know anything about New York, we love paying taxes here. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we everybody pays taxes. We all pay taxes, but. You, on taxes. We all know that you come to, you live, if you're from New York, there are things you get in New York that you don't mm-hmm. get in other places. I mean, comparing our school districts to some down south, you would say you get a better education up here. I mean, we're, we're, you, you uh, some, some, I ain't so, say all, yeah. but it's like, yeah. You are to some extent paying for some luxuries. Like this is why I say I don't. There are some countries not I'm not luxuries. Move You're to. paying for public goods, like a functioning exactly. MTA, which needs to be fixed. Andrew, exactly. we looking at you. Listen, let's not even get into how he think he's gonna pay for it, um, because I think that's a hot mess. I think he said he wanted to use the proceeds from legalizing marijuana to pay for it. No, and no, no. What it what, no. what what like you supposed to just use all the money that we get just to pay for the MTA? Yeah. We all don't. Anyway, that's another question. Back to AOC. Um, she also talked about she basically used those things to get to the crux of her committee being able to ask Trump for his tax returns, which mm-hmm. I think that all of us have been wanting to see from day one, and she was the only person. To be able to wrap all this yep. nonsense into that question and yep. Michael Cohen say, yes, you will be able to see all of this on his tax returns. And if you want to know where the money is, go see Alan Weisselberg. Like, uh, come on. So now. I read that this took her and her staff like three days to put together. And I'm just like, that's the kind of energy we need. Yes. And while I don't, I just like some, some of her tactics and some, mm-hmm. I have my critiques of AOC. Right. This is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how mm-hmm. you need to be moving and navigating if we really want to see some real change in this country, if we want to pull ourselves out of this ridiculous debt that we're going to incur because of this tax giveaway that Trump has handed down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and just all of the other poor decisions that have been made that are going to impact our climate, our infrastructure, um, and every a- aspect of our life. Our student loans. Shout out to Betsy DeVos for being trash all day, every day. Trashiest. Um, and, you know, like, we're going to really have to, the implications of this man's presidency, just these four these coming up on four years now, right? We're going to fill these for the next few generations, mm-hmm. right? So we have to start digging ourselves out of a hole so that doesn't, we don't suffer permanent damage at this point. Right. And hopefully we can figure this out in the next few months because this 2020, this, this 2020 election is not a game. It's not. Right? And we have t- tons of state and local elections coming up this year that folks need to be paying attention to because at the very least, if we lose in 2020, we need to be tightening up our state so that we can protect our citizens mm-hmm. at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all I got on that. Yeah, I mean, we also found out how trash the Republican Party is because not one person Girl, we've always known on that committee attempted to ask this man any real questions i mean they pretty much spent their five minutes punting to jim jordan when did he become a beacon of truth because he was just wrapped up in a controversy where he knew he's just been indicted for for another like pedophilia yeah he knew yes he he was working as a wrestling coach and knew that there was possibly another coach that was overstepping their boundaries not possibly he knew yeah with wrestlers and he at first said he said he didn't know but then all of the players all the wrestlers are saying yes you did because everyone knew so Mm. he's a liar donald trump's a liar and a supporter of pedophilia which should bother all of us all of us regardless of like and he you know and all of them kept trying to call him liar liar pathological liar when we know that the president has said over 9000 lies so far and it's only so been So what are two we talking years. about boo? Right and you know to wrap this up I think representative James Raskin a democrat from Maryland had Shout out the, to Jamie. Listen had the best quote of the day and it was our colleagues aren't mad you lied to Congress for the president they are mad you stopped lying to congress for the president i mean yes. that to me is the entire crap show we saw from the republican party um on thursday yep. and you know thank you michael cohen for coming forward and telling yeah. the truth i mean your back was against the wall you did what any other good yeah. snitch would do so thank Thanks. you for you know snitching. even after being threatened by representative gates from florida oh yeah he was oh, did, which should did you, which should lead to a federal indictment but whatever did did you tell we'll your wife about all did trump trump ain't what, no he ain't tell his wife if he had some money he would have paid his hoes off too like Come on now, come on, come on, Florida. Florida. I mean, Florida did the, the monkey, the monkey, the the yeah. monkey voiceover. I actually like listen to that all the time because it's the audio on my phone. Yeah. And so I'm listening. I'm always listening to music, and then the next song is like, "Hello there. Yeah. My name is. So my just, name is Sambo. I mean, this is yeah." Yeah. This is this was an interesting Black History Month to say the least. <gasps> this I mean, is America. It is. I mean, right? you know. <laughs> but y'all keep playing with us because, like, we are not. We are uh, not. We are not with this. Like, we're not going to nicely, politely ask for things. No, we're just like, go, we going to organize and get what we need to get done. And we are not appreciative to the Democratic Party for supporting civil rights. Y'all ain't have no choice. Right. Exactly. We're not our grandparents. No. Smoke. Yeah. So. 
you know, to close out, you mentioned how important 2020 is. What is it that folks can do to to just get prepared for what's in store? Because right now we got like 20 people in the race. I mean, we just seen the governor of Washington State throw his hand in there. We still waiting for Sherrod Brown. We still waiting for Beto O'Rourke. We still waiting for Joe Biden. We still, somebody else is supposed to be announcing at the end of this week. I forgot the name that fast because it's 20 people. So what, what, what do you think folks should be paying attention to right now? I think folks shouldn't make a decision as early in the race. Mm -hmm. I think that we have to really figure out what we're asking of these candidates and just wait to see who can actually like get to a point in the race where we're talking about real things. Mm -hmm. Right now, folks are throwing all types of like gotcha questions. Yeah. Um, you know, Bernie Sanders, like, if you have any hope, bruh, you better talk to some of your fellow Jewish folks about reparations and why African-Americans deserve them, mm. because that's clearly something that was overlooked in your conversations with MLK. Um, and so, <laughs> For sure. to, but to come back to it, it's like, like, really be careful and aware of the sources that you're getting your information from. Mm, important. Specifically, when we're on social media, a lot of that stuff is trash or crap and it's targeted based on what it is you're talking about. So just be mindful of where you're getting your information from exactly. and question everything. Question because it all. Because every single one of these candidates is going to be disappointing in some way. Right. But we are not electing a husband or a wife. Yeah. We are electing someone who has to essentially be the leader of the free world. And that means that we're not going to agree with them on everything. Mm-hmm. But you need to have an understanding of what your value system is mm-hmm. and what the value system you want, the person that's going to represent you in this country and make decisions that have an impact on the global economy. Right. Um, what that person stands for and how that person can be held accountable. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. what we need to keep in mind. Right. That's the eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. Or we can get four more years of like, the orange dictator, if that's what y'all want, but right, I got a whole continent full of countries I can go to if y'all keep playing. So I mean, Wakanda forever, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So if folks are looking for you on social media, wh- where do they go? Don't. Because I talk too much mess on social media. Well, that's what my listen. That's what my listeners want. But they yeah, want the real. No, you like, can they find want the me real. at least. Twitter, like yeah, Twitter. I let people follow me on Twitter. Okay. Um, it's at Bax Brittany, capital B A X, capital B R I T T N Y. Follow me if you want to hear me talk greasy about corny electeds and also just ratchet things that happen in the real world and a random picture of my adorable child for whom I do all this work. Um, yeah, so that's you know where to find her. Um, y'all know where to find me, Kina Zantel, on everything, but you'll also hear my new outro <laughs> that got that information in there. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm growing up. I'm growing up. Okay. We, we, we step it up every Always year. Always moving forward, girl. Right. Um, shout out to Danny Switchblade. He is the producer for the new music for this season's show. Shout out to Cruise Control Media. That's my production guy who always keeps it popping. Um, for me. And yeah, y'all know my spiel. If we can send 100,000 men and women to war, we can send that same energy to the polls. 2020 is among us. So get involved, get engaged. We need you. Take your seat at the table. It's here for you to grab. So, And be aware of voter suppression. I mean, come on. It's a lot. So just listen to the next episode because we're going to keep it popping for you. Anyway, have a good day and week. This was Citizen the Pod. 
What's up, citizens, voters, patriots? It's your girl, Kina Zantel. And if you want to know more about me and the show, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kina Zantel. And also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Kina Zantel. And hit subscribe on all the podcast platforms that you're listening to the show on.